Blog Talk Radio. Era notte a Terzeu. It was very late at night. I was sitting outside on a rock. As Stan said, I showed him the rock when he came to my home. And I was just thinking, what did I do? I was crying so my family wouldn't see me. And all of a sudden I saw a light coming towards me. When I saw the light, I thought it was a car. Because in Romania and in Italy, they always try to run me over with cars. So I thought, they found me here too. But it was not a car. The light surrounded me. And out of the light I heard the same voice. It was the same angel. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? Why did you punish me so harshly? What did I do? Why couldn't you let me stay in prison? But my family would have had a home. I don't have a bed to let my head down on. Why was I brought here? Dimitri, I brought you to this country because this country will burn. So why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in jail in my own country? He said, Dimitri, be quiet. Get beside me. I don't know what the device was, but he pulled me beside him and he showed me all of California. Do you see what I've shown you? This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. Their sins have reached God and God has decided to punish them by fire. He came and showed me Las Vegas. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah and one day it will burn. He came and showed me New York. This is New York. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. And then he showed me Florida. This is Florida. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. And in one day it will burn. You've been listening to the Wake Up America message with Dimitri Dudeman. For a copy of this very important message, please go to our website at handofhelp.com. Never before in the history of our country has our nation been in more jeopardy than now. Please order a copy of the video Wake Up America at the handhelp.com website and get the warning out while we still have time. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldia, and it is a pleasure to be with you once again. Uh, Well, today I have no hot or delicious beverage. Uh, I decided to switch it up, so I have a carbonated beverage, so this whole thing may just go haywire. Uh, You know how it is, one little thing. Uh, leads to another, then another, uh, sort of the, the butterfly effect, and pretty soon you have a tsunami. I don't know what will happen, uh, given that I've switched from hot and delicious to carbonated today. It's a little warm outside. It's not hot, but it's warm and it's uh, muggy. The fog was thick uh, in this area of Wisconsin this morning, and it was a little humid, so I thought, yeah, you know. Hot coffee, sweat, eh, not in the mood. So there's that. Uh, Before we get into the things we're going to talk about, I mean, just every story, one is more heartwarming than the other. Uh, We're going to get into it. I think we're going to start delving into the second half of Romans 1 a little bit so that we understand the madness doesn't have an end. Uh, The madness doesn't have a shutoff. The madness... Uh, doesn't look in the mirror and go, well, I think we've uh, gone a bit too far. Maybe we should pull it back a smidge. So uh, as, as far as that is concerned, because that's, that's the hope a lot of believers are living with. Well, you know, I mean, there's only so much perverted stuff people can do at some point. Well, okay, let's start here. Oh, by the way, this is the recording. We are recording today, uh, let's see, August the 18th, the year of our Lord, 2022. So it's fresh. It's supposed to air today. And uh, one of the top stories uh, in uh, today's news cycle is that the World Health Organization 
confirms the first case of human to dog monkeypox transmission. So uh, the, the World Health Organization is warning people, hey, be careful. They have confirmed Wednesday a dog has been infected with monkeypox through human contact. Commenting on the first human-to-dog transmission of the virus, Dr. Rosamund Lewis, technical lead on the monkeypox response team at the WHO, said the case should be heeded as a warning to others. This is the first case reported of human-to-animal transmission. This has not been reported before, and we believe it is the first instance of a canine being infected, Lewis outlined as AFP reports. However, this uh, has been a theoretical risk. You may see that a number of public health agencies have advised those who contract monkeypox make every effort to isolate from their pets because of their hypothetical risk, particularly in the household for domestic pets, but also risk of contamination of animals outside the household. Uh, For example, those accessing garbage and things like that. Now, it doesn't tell us uh, the family makeup or the familial makeup Uh, of uh, the individuals who gave that poor puppy monkeypox. But, eh, you know, I'm I'm willing to guess. I I think if you were hard-pressed, you'd probably guess as well. Uh, Dr. Mike Ryan, director of the WHO's Health Emergencies Program, said, well, in this particular case, transmission to a dog in a close domestic setting Uh, One animal infected is not unusual. It's uh, not unexpected. But what we don't want to see is the disease moving from one species to the next and then remaining in that species, moving around within a new species, because that's when a virus can adapt. And then adapting to that new species, the virus is incentivized to evolve as such. Um, I know, I I bring up Matthew 24 a lot, but you should probably read it at least once a month uh, just to see where you are on the roadmap to the end because uh, it talks about pestilences, it talks about things that are coming down the pike and I I would uh, categorize monkeypox as a pestilence. Now, it's a pestilence seemingly only apart, uh, upon a certain demographic, but it's still a pestilence. Now they gave it to their poor puppy. My question is how exactly? I know, I know, Brother Mike, this is the world you live in. Do you understand that at some point God gives people up to vile passions that even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature I know what does that mean I, you, you can figure it out as long as you're not one of those people that well you know men can get pregnant as long you, as you're still a rational human being you can figure out what the word of God says you can surmise what it's talking about I know the Unitarian Church, they, they, they just, you know, black marker all this passage. We're, we're just about love. We just love everybody and love everything, and everyone is love. And, you know, Jesus loved and we love. Uh, then apparently there's a disparity. There's a discrepancy. All this love and God. Because... Here, let's start here. All right, and and then uh, after we we get through this a little bit, we're going to jump around. Why not? It's my hour and my show. I can do with it what I will. But uh, just to tease it a little bit, uh, there's a pastor that uh, cursed his broke congregation for not buying him a luxury watch. This happened in Missouri. Uh, If it wasn't so sad... 
uh, it'd be a little funny. Uh, I was having a conversation with a friend this morning. We, we go on walks, and uh, there's a huge church in the area. I think they've got like 30,000 members. And uh, a friend of his was a devout member. He tithed every month, 10% off the top, the way they were taught. And then uh, his friend fell on hard times. And uh, things got worse and worse, and, and, and it came to the point that he really couldn't uh, hack it anymore. So he went to the church, to this 30,000-member church, and asked for help. And, of course, their answer was, we'll pray for you. Now evacuate the building. So, you know, it's not a surprise that a pastor would curse us a congregation for not getting him uh, his uh, luxury watch. We're going to get into that too. But this is, it's happening and it's going to happen. Let's put it that way. It's not happening now. It's going to happen. The tighter it gets for people, uh, the, the deeper they slide into economic uncertainty. Some of them, will be broke. Some of them won't be able to make their home payments. They will go to their respective churches and ask for help after faithfully, you know, giving to that church for 30, 40 years. Uh, and they'll be turned away. And I don't care who you are. That leaves a sour taste in your mouth. That, that, that kind of makes you cringe on the inside. I get it. Look, churches have expenses. Everybody needs to get paid. People don't work for free. What have you? There has to be a building fund. There's always a building fund. But if, if one of your congregants is desperate and you turn your back on them and give them the generic, we'll pray for you, what does that do to your testimony? Uh, uh, you know, that, that whole thing about if, if a brother falls, pick him up. You know, all the stuff that we, we, we read on the signs at Marshall Goods. What does that say about the heart of the leadership of that church? Uh, that's just a question I have. Let's go back to Romans. We'll get into this because it's eye-opening. Look, if you don't get into ministry for the right reasons, if you don't get into ministry to further the kingdom of God, period, not to have a golden parachute, not, not to see if the church, uh, you know, has a parsonage where you can stay rent-free, none of that nonsense. If your heart is not in the right place, eventually it will show. If your heart is not in the right place, eventually what's in your heart will, will manifest itself in the outwardly actions you perform. And, and this is what happened to this pastor. I know I teased it and I was going to say I was going to read it later, but we'll get to Romans in a minute. We got a couple of minutes. So this is a pastor uh, who, who felt the need to apologize uh, after he was called out because he made a YouTube video. Let's, uh, let's get into this because this is, this is what love looks like in 2022. This, this is what shepherds uh, look like in 2022. A Missouri pastor has apologized after a video clip in which he threw a spiritualized tantrum from the pulpit and called his congregation broke, busted, and disgusted, and cheap sons and daughters for not honoring him with a watch from the luxury brand Movado went viral. Uh, I don't know if it's luxury. I mean, it's mid-tier. Uh, it's... Uh, how do I put this uh, nicely, gently, you know, because I'm a nice guy. Everybody knows I'm a nice guy. I walk down the street, people point and go, hey, there's a nice guy. Movado is uh, Midwest luxury. All right. He, he wasn't wanting a Rolex for Pete's sake. It was just a Movado. I get it. His congregation's in Missouri. Likely, they're very impoverished. This is why he didn't ask for the Rolex. This is why he didn't ask for the Breitling. He's like, ah, come on, kids, the Movado. You know, you love me. I love you, wink, wink. Give me something. Anyway, the pastor, <laughs> this is a good name, 
Carlton Thunderbird of the Church at the Wells, Kansas City, confirmed in a video posted on the church's social media account Tuesday that the clip came from a sermon he delivered to his charismatic non-denominational congregation on August 7th. I want to take this moment to address the now viral video clip with me from a sermon given August 7th, 2022. Though there is context behind the content of the clip, no context will suffice to explain the hurt and the anguish caused by my words. I get it. I know everybody apologizes because that's, that's, that's the, the, the end run, isn't it? When, when people get called out, their first tendency is to apologize. So he's done it. Now, I don't know what the context could have been to justify his congregation being called broke, busted, and disgusted cheap sons and daughters. I mean, these are the people that look up to you as a spiritual authority. So, again, I understand. They're gaudy and cliche and from the 90s, but remember those what would Jesus do bracelets that everybody was wearing? Yeah. What would Jesus do, Pastor Thunderburk? Jesus said, hey, let the little children come to me. If you don't have food, I'll feed you. I get it. Some of you are just here for the food, but you'll live to regret it later. I wonder what it would have been like for Jesus to go, you, all of you, broke, busted, and disgusted cheap sons and daughters. Why couldn't you get me a new robe? I wanted one made of linen. Linen breathes. It's good for the summer. We're in Jerusalem, people. It's hot. You couldn't spring for a linen robe, could you? Broke, busted, and disgusted. Go sell some more fish. Again, if, if you want to know <laughs> whether or not something is bad, take a moment. And see what Jesus would have done in this occasion. What would Jesus have done? See, Jesus wouldn't have needed to apologize to his congregation, uh, even though there was context, because Jesus would have never said those words. Well, Jesus said some pretty mean things. Yes, to the godless, to the rebellious. Yes, he did. He went into a temple, pulled out a whip, beat a few guys turned over some tables. So it's not as though Jesus was a pacifist, but he knew who was worthy of his ire. He knew who was worthy of his wrath. He knew who was worthy of his anger. And it wasn't the sons and daughters. It wasn't the people that followed him. The only time Jesus got a little gnarly with any of those that followed him was Peter. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan, because he knew it wasn't Peter. It was the enemy using Peter. But other than that, and again, it's one thing to, to, to have a disciple try to tempt you, knowing that it's not him speaking. It's quite another to say, y'all are broke. You didn't get me a Movado. It was a Movado. I mean, I didn't want a Bentley or a Rolls Royce, but you could have sprung for a Cadillac. You know what I mean? In the clip, Thunderbird expressed his dissatisfaction with his congregants for failing to deliver on a year-old request for a watch from Movado. According to the company's website, watches for the luxury brand range in price from 300 to more than 3000 Now, rather than request it of your congregation, PASA, you could have started mowing lawns and probably made the three grand to buy your own watch for yourself and not put the burden on the shoulders of your congregants. 
Just a thought. I know mowing lawns in Missouri can get mighty tiring, but hey, with the sweat of your brow, you'll earn your daily bread. This isn't even bread. It's a Movado watch. Maybe up your game. I don't know what to say. But this, this, this was from his sermon. Oh, oh, oh. See, and again, he acknowledges, because we're going to read this, all right? Because this, oh, this is good. Okay. Uh, we needed a little humor. Come on. We can't, we can't just drag the depths of, of everything that's going on in the world. We, we, we'd get depressed. I know. We, while we're crying and taking antidepressants, like the guy from Hillsong, we can stand there and clap, My joy is in you, Lord. Because, you know, from all the Ritalin or whatever the antidepressant is, I don't even know. I'm sorry, pharmaceuticals are not my bag, but they take something to make them happy, but they still drool a little bit. Uh, yeah, so we need laughter. Levity is good for the soul. I know, that's not in the Bible. I didn't say it was. So there you go. All right. That's how I know you're still poor, broke, busted, and disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. Now, that's, that's another bone I have to pick with modern-day pastors. Uh, where, where in the book does it say that you're supposed to be honored just because you're a shepherd? Where in the book does it say that, that biblically you must be honored? If you're a shepherd, I get it. Look, I, if, if you appreciate your pastor, sure, take him out to lunch. If you honor your pastor, that's fine. But it's not an imperative. It's not a biblical imperative. You can appreciate him, but this, this man believes that he is worthy of honor. That's how I know you're still poor, broken, disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. I'm not worth your McDonald's money? Well, you know, I mean, you got to be a little heartless to ask people who eat at McDonald's to give up their McDonald's money for a Movado. I'm just saying, I know, I'm nitpicking, but here we are. But then he, he, he ups it a little bit. You know, he, he, he's like, I'm not worth your McDonald's money? So that's, that's the baseline. I guess if you can't afford to eat at McDonald's, then he wasn't talking to you. So uh, I guess the homeless people in his church shouldn't have taken offense. I'm not worth your Red Lobster money. I know, big, big spent Red Lobster. Hey, hey. I do like their uh, crab cakes. Those are pretty good. They're cheesy muffins. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, now, now I'm starting to think about Red Lobster Biscuits. Oh, yeah, they're, they're cheese and crab biscuits, I think they are. They, they have a certain name for them. But, oh, man, are those things good. I know, I know I'm a fancy feast sort of cat. I, I have eaten at a Red Lobster once or twice. See, now, how dare you eat at Red Lobster? I know. You can't please everybody. Some people you can never please. So don't even try. Either people get you or they don't. As long as you're biblically sound, whether or not they appreciate your personality is not on you. Because I know people that they, they, they're beside themselves. They, they go off kilter because everybody doesn't like me. Everybody shouldn't. I, I, I don't care. I'm not here for somebody to like me. I'm here doing my duty. Anything after that, I don't care. My kids still say, I love you, Daddy. And so that's all that matters to me. And so does my wife. I know, oh, look, he's having marriage problems. He didn't mention his wife. Stop. Oh, some, some people are just tiresome creatures. They're, they're, their energy sucks. It doesn't matter how much you give. It doesn't matter how much 
time you make for them. It's, it, it doesn't matter. There's always something more. There's always something that displeases them. There's always something that offends them. Well, you didn't mention this. Am I supposed to, to, to give a three-minute thing and then for the other 47 minutes have caveat upon caveat? Well, with the exception of barring this, generally speaking, if you don't like it, don't listen. Go back to Beth Moore's lessons on femininity and women being queens of their homes. All right. There you go. Red Lobster money. So, you know, from McDonald's money, we jump to Red Lobster money, and then, and then he's pulling out the big guns. I ain't worth your St. John nits. Y'all can't afford it. No how. So basically, he's telling his congregation, if you had any class or money, you'd know what St. John is. But y'all can't afford it no how. Now, it's, uh, those of you that are not uh, fashion forward, I'm just going to tell you that it's, it's not St. John's Bay. St. John's Knits and St. John's Bay are two different things. St. John's Bay is, is, you know, the good stuff at Walmart. You know, $15 shirts. You buy a blue shirt, you wash it twice, it becomes gray. It's awesome. Well worth the 15 bucks because you can still wear it. It just looks off. Now, St. John's Knits, eh, you got to have a little coin, but I'm sure that Pastor's wife knows all about St. John's Knits. Maybe that's why he didn't have the money for the Movado, and he thought, Congregation, don't esta my timepiece. Oh, well, see, he's married with three children. Go into his wife's closet. If you don't find that St. John, that Louis, that Prada, that Gucci, oh my, then, uh, then you know, she's probably going to leave him. Uh, I see. It, it's a joke. Relax. Calm down. These are his words. I ain't worth y'all Louis Vuitton. I ain't worth your Prada. I'm not worth your Gucci, he asked. So this, 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 I'm, I'm verbating, even before I read this, I, I knew where this was going. I would wager, if I were a betting man, that in uh, his beloved wife's closet, you would find either purses, shoes, or clothing made by St. John, Louis Vuitton, Prada, and Gucci. Uh, I, I mean, he, he, he could have gone, you know, a little classier. Ain't I worth your Louboutins? Ain't I worth your Brunello Cuccinelli? But that's neither here nor there. Some people's taste, you know, it is what it is. I know. I'm giving you a lesson in fashion. Do you understand how deep my well of knowledge is and how vast? You're welcome. I'm saying this because I want you to understand just what God is saying. So, he brought God into the mix, because why wouldn't you? It's not for me. The Movado is not for me. The Movado is for God. Y'all ain't saying nothing, he says. I'm saying I, 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 I should... Uh, I, I should probably brush up on my ebonics. I know. It's been a minute. Uh, I'm saying this because I want you to understand just what God is saying. I found out that Movado, you can buy a Movado watch in Sam's Club. And y'all know, I asked for one last year, and here it is the whole way in August, and I still ain't got it. So... Look, I get it. I mean, Sam's Club. Hello, everybody goes to Sam's Club. I got 320 rolls of toilet paper for like 30 bucks. I mean, I, I, I will leave in my will to my children's children toilet paper. So everybody goes to Sam's Club. They're trying to save a dollar. And if you save that dollar, why wouldn't you spring for the Movado? I mean, I asked for one last year. And here it is, the whole way in August, and I still ain't got it. So that tells me 
you wasn't trying. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me kick down the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. I don't want to hear no more excuses about what you all can't afford. Whew. Wow. Okay, it's getting juicy. We're, we're still going to press with this because it's important. You need to understand. This is the kind of the same kind of mindset that, that made Bobby Tilton go, hey, if you ain't got the money in checking, put it on your credit card. We'll even make it easy for you. You donate $3,000 in 10 easy payments of two nine and nine nine and nine. Do it for Jesus. I want you to understand just what God is saying. Uh, that, now we're entering scary territory here. Because what God says is that the world and everything in it will burn. What God says is that the things of this world are empty and vapid and void. That's what God says. But apparently the new message from the Almighty is that, yo, go to Sam's and buy him a Votto. They carry him now. Y'all ain't saying nothing. See, again, I need, I need to rush up on my abonics. It sounds bad. Let me kick down the door, boom, and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. I don't want to hear no more excuses about what y'all can't afford. They got payment plans, son. You can put it on layaway. You can't afford it because you don't see the value here, he said, pointing to the pulpit. Y'all hear from your pastor and father. Now he's their father, too. Woo. I'm over, y'all. I over your cheap expressions. Now, granted, he might value a Movado. Again, taste is subjective. There's other watches I would prefer uh, over a Movado. Some people value feeding their kids, too. How can you put that kind of burden on your congregation where you make them feel less than because they weren't willing to pony up their McDonald's money? I mean, Grant, if you had Red Lobster money, then fine. You know, you're swimming in it like Scrooge McDuck because, you know, Red Lobster is Red Lobster. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't throw in the Olive Garden or famous, uh, you know, Dave's Ribs. Oh, so that's happening. Thunder Burke's attack on his congregation comes as most Americans struggle financially under the weight of inflation and a higher cost of living. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear no more excuses about what y'all can't afford. Go apply for a credit card at 26%. Buy them a Votto. Make the minimum payment for 17 years. That Movado will end up costing what? 28000 by the time you've paid off the interest and the minimum payments. But, however, pastor can come in with the bling. His wife's wearing the St. John suit with the Gucci shoes, with the Louis Vuitton bag. I'm surprised he didn't mention Chanel. Again, I know. How do you know all these things, Mike? I know things that you'd be surprised I knew. I know things that I've forgotten I'd known. That is, exactly, there you go. Oh, I see you need to, you need to laugh, so let me see. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make some ridiculous demand, and then a year from today, I'm going to come on here and call you cheap. Why y'all so cheap? All I asked for was a Mercedes Benz. Why ain't that in my driveway? Y'all is cheap. Come on. As, as, as one Mr. Robinette Biden would say 
between bouts of senility and dementia. Come on, man. Nearly two-thirds of American consumers, including some 33% of those earning more than $250,000 annually, live paycheck to paycheck due to inflation. Well, if you're still living in a place like New York where you rent six grand a month, then you deserve it. You deserve to live paycheck to paycheck earning 250 grand a year. Seriously? North Dakota, they were giving away homes. I, I visited a friend who used to live out there. There are like three houses in the neighborhood next to They just come and get it. A dollar, a dollar. Their heat went out and it was like, I, we can't. No, it's, it's cheaper just to move somewhere warmer. So there's options. Researchers in the study called New Reality Check, the Paycheck to Paycheck Report, warned that because inflation will likely factor into the foreseeable future, consumers will need to revise their spending patterns. Well, that's just defeatist thinking. That, that's, that's, why, that's why, as Pastor said, you're going to be broke, busted, and disgusted forever because you're, you're, you're having a defeatist mentality. Why would you need to revise your spending patterns, man? Just call your credit card company and say, I would like to increase my limit. But, sir, you're making minimum payments as it is. It don't matter none, son. My pastor said that God said that he wanted a Movado. So hit me. Inflation will most likely be part of the economic picture for many months to come. Oh, really? Oh, by the way, FYI, American Prophetic, uh, they, were, they were talking about uh, redefining recession. And, and basically, the way they'd redefine recession is what depression would have looked like uh, you know, during normal times when uh, a boy was a boy and a girl was a girl. When words meant things, yeah. So, it was unclear if Thunderberg has since acknowledged the tone-deaf nature of his comments to his congregation. But he said that he privately apologized to them, and they've extended their love and support for him and gave him a new Movado. I, I threw that one in. I thought it was funny, the new Movado thing. I'm privileged. To do life with them. Are you now? Because you're. (laughs) You can't. I'm sorry. You can't. You expect people to forget that you called them broke, busted, and disgusted two weeks ago. You expect them to now believe that you've turned a new leaf and are privileged to do life with them. Uh, The video clip does not reflect my heart or my sentiments towards God's people, yet that's not discernible in the clip. The man should run for political office. Honestly, if you're listening, I'm I'm sure you're not, because, you know, I too am broke, busted, and disgusted, and didn't go to Sam's Club to, to get your Movado. But this man should run for political office. What he is saying, essentially is that even though it may quack like a duck, even though it may walk like a duck, even though it may look like a duck, it is, in fact, a penguin. It is not a duck. The video clip does not reflect my heart or my sentiments towards God's people, yet that's not discernible in the clip. I called them big old losers and shamed them into giving me their McDonald's money, but I really do love them. That was just, you know, momentary. Therefore, I offer this sincere apology to you today. Not context or no context, because could erase the words I used. How can you get so angry that you blurt this nonsense out in front of your congregation for not getting a Movado that you can get it? Sam's Club. Honestly, people, come on. 
I apologize to all who've been hurt, angered, or in any way damaged by my words. Some guy went home and beat up his kids when they asked for McDonald's. We don't have money for McDonald's. We have to get Pastor Amavaro from Sam's Club. The zeal of any presentation must be tempered with love and respect. And that was not displayed. No, see, but the zeal was a selfish zeal. It was for you. The zeal wasn't for the kingdom of God. It wasn't like Paul, for I am zealous for the lost in the kingdom of God. No, it was for a Mavado. So, so, so let's just, you know, put it in reverse and, and, and try not to sound so beneficent, so hyper-spirit. I was so zealous for the Lord. I burned with zeal for the Lord. And so I called y'all losers for not buying me a Movado. That's not the way it works. He further asked the church and pastors at large to pray for him and forgive his behavior. I apologize to the church at large for any undue scrutiny. Really? What, Creflo Dollar wasn't enough for you? Pardon me while I sip from my carbonated beverage. Thankfully, uh, I don't have to burp because that would ruin the whole thing. Anyway, I know. See, high standards. Yeah. Anyway, to those who now know me because of this video clip, I regret that your first impression of me is one of anger, hate, and resentment. <laughs> my actions that wasn't a burp that was a laugh my actions and my words are inexcusable I have no justification or defense the moment was mishandled and mismanaged I, you could have just said I was an idiot that would have sufficed but then again uh what will you ask for next year that your congregation won't deliver? And then you once more fly off the handle. Huh? So uh, these, these are the, you know, tips of the spear in spiritual warfare. These are the tips of the spear in the American church. These are those who will lead from the front wearing their Movado watches, hoping that, you know, that it catches the sun so they could blind the enemy. It was actually uh, a spiritual warfare tool. I think that's why he was so angry. None of his congregation got it. I'm going to blind the devil with my Movado. And did any of them buy him one? No. Selfish, selfish little piggies. They went to McDonald's instead. And some of them even to Red Lobster. I mean, come on. Do you have a gold-plated toilet at home, too? Red Lobster? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you want me to say? This is, this, I, I cannot remake the world. I wish that it were different. I wish that people who claim to be men of God were different. I wish that people who pastored churches some of them, not all of them, because there are good pastors. They're solid pastors. They're, they're, there are pastors who are in it for the people of God. They're selfless and hardworking. And, you know, them I commend. God bless you. God give you strength. God give you boldness. God give you courage because you are needed. But individuals who berate their congregation for not ponying up for a Movado from Sam's Club... Uh, I, 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 I never had much respect to begin with, but now all of it has been leached out of me. So let's just leave it there. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, another reverend, let's just stick to this. We'll, we'll get into Romans 1 next week. All right, because uh, I want to unpack it a little bit. So, so you understand, there, 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 there's no bottom floor to depravity. You know, where are you going? Oh, bottom floor, parking. 
There, there's no such thing. It's not an elevator. Depravity, the best way I, I, I can define depravity, if you want to picture it, it's a downward spiral that keeps going on forever. When God gives a person or a nation over to a depraved mind, nothing that happens should surprise you. No matter the depths of depravity, you shouldn't go, wow, I didn't see that coming. This is why it's been a battle for the last decade and, and even more to point the things that we accept and normalize and say, it's not, it's not going to end here. I get it. Woohoo, rainbow flags. It's not going to end here, and it didn't. Well, it's not going to end with transgenderism either. Even though there's going to be countless butchered suicidal teenagers who will look at their mom and dad going, what were you thinking letting me do this? I was playing with Barbies and G.I. Joes. How could you let me decide that I wasn't the gender I was born? Notwithstanding all of that, notwithstanding the depression and the antidepressants and the suicides, and I'm assuming at some point, American Prophetic, you will hear of, you know, a, a double homicide and suicide. One, one of these kids who had their entire lives robbed because their parents weren't, I don't know what, logical enough to say, no, no, you're not going to cut things off and sew things up and drill new holes or anything else. No, you're seven. No. So at some point, look, we're just seeing the beginnings of this. If if you want to do a study on it, you still have to wait another 10, 15 years and see what the fallout is going to be from all of this. But, again, another reverent, another uh, shining star of the evangelical community. Reverend L. Sharpton. Yes, indeed. And the fact that the people in his church and the people in his circle don't call him out on this is astounding to me. How does one spin support for killing unborn babies in the womb and get away with it? And, and Al Sharpton... His brain fart, his brainchild was, well, you know, don't make uh, the issue abortion. Make the issue supporting choice. After all, he continued, the Bible is about choice. So what Al is saying, don't call it what it is. That would turn people off. You know, the church ladies with the summer hats. You've been to black churches. You see, you know, the, the older ladies that dress up nice and they wear the, 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 the big summer hats and they have the fans. You can't say, uh, we're going to, you know, ask you to vote for killing babies because they'd be like, I'm not doing that. And so what Al says is, make it about choice. Say, hey, do you support choice? Choice for what? That doesn't matter. Just generally speaking, do you support choice? After all, the Bible is about choice. For example, one can choose freely to go to heaven or hell. Therefore, craft the message to biblically conservative elderly folks. Oh, listen to this vile viper. Listen to this snake. This is what he says. Craft the message to biblically conservative elderly folk so that the focus is not on abortion, but a matter of biblically blessed choice. 
I'll let that sink in. The man still calls himself a reverend. How depraved can we get? Well, convince people to vote for murdering babies by telling them it's about biblically blessed choice. Look, there, there is no, no end to the depravity of man. And the fact that Reverend Al hasn't been kicked out of whatever denomination he belongs to, but then again, look at what the Methodists are doing, look at what the Lutherans are doing, look at what the Presbyterians are doing. But yes, I know, rising phoenix, we shall overcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only if we got that Movado. That's, that's our secret weapon. The Movado is the secret weapon of the fearless leaders of today's church. Get one at Sam's Club. Send it to your favorite preacher and go, now you can go win the war against Satan. You know what? I am thankful that salvation is not collective. I am thankful that salvation is on an individual person-by-person basis. The book is clear, the soul that sins shall die. Not the soul that sins and their immediate family. Not the soul that sins and their wife or their husband or their daughter or their grandkid. The soul that sins shall die. And when I see what the quote-unquote church has become, and yes, I just did the air finger quote, when I see what it has become every single day, I am more and more thankful that salvation is not collective. You are responsible for you. You are responsible for the choices you make. You are responsible for the path you walk. You are responsible for the level of commitment and worship you have towards God. Reverend Al is responsible for the things he says as well. And if it's better for someone to tie a millstone around their neck and do a head dive into the sea rather than to make one of these little ones to stumble. What about causing countless of these little ones to die? before they're even born? What about facilitating the murder of innocence by the syrupy words you use, trying to deceive to the point that people would vote for quote-unquote choice? This is why I, I question I'm, I'm, I'm circumspect, and, and, and on those days where my mood is darker, I, I outright doubt the fact that people like Reverend Al believe in God, any God. Because if you believed in God, if you believed in the righteousness of God, if you believed in the holiness of God, if you believed in the judgment of God, then how could you bring yourself to say something like this? Craft the message to biblically conservative elderly folk 
so that the focus is not on abortion, but a matter of biblically blessed choice. Hey, I hit your kid with my car. He's dead, but his bike seems to be fine. That's the kind of logic Reverend Al is attempting to use. So again, the millstone around the neck is reserved for those that make or cause one of these little ones to stumble. What exactly would the punishment be for one that is indirectly responsible for their murder? (sighs) These are the days that we're living in, kids. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness vile passions, and the desire of their hearts. We will get into all of that next week. I wanted to make this week a little more humorous, a little more levity, but uh, I, I think that went sideways about 20 minutes ago. Anyway, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Uh, and Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mike. Well, the Bible says clearly in Proverbs about hands that shed innocent blood. You know, there's six things the Lord hates. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked purposes, feet that are swift to running to mischief, a false witness that utters lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. Those are things God hates. And when God hates something, you better hate it. And when God despises something, we better despise it. Al Sharpton and people like that, do they know? We know they don't know God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible would never support any kind of murder of the innocents. We also know they're deceived. We know they speak a different gospel. And Galatians talks about if I or an angel preach another gospel, very severe warning about that. That's the thing. People laud these people as some form of spiritual leader or mouthpiece. But, yeah, they lead people the wrong direction. They're wicked leaders. And so many are propped up with some kind of movement or fame but when they die how do you how do you stand in front of god and say you are a preacher of god and you are okay with abortion just start off with that or stand in front of god and out of your mouth you actually okayed the murder of the innocents think about god's response it's terrible that, in, you know, today we're a country where only about 35% of evangelicals even believe the Bible's without error. There's a crisis of not knowing and reading and studying God's word in our nation. And Mike mentioned the Unitarians, the Lutherans, the Methodist, Congregational Episcopal. To follow and support gay marriage and gay rights and because of love. You know what the Bible says? Love. God's love. God's love. God's way. If you love someone, you will preach the truth to them. And if you love God, you will preach the truth. And these churches have left that kind of love. Loving God to where they support the truth. They love people and perversion and wickedness over God's rule or God's word and God's law. And that's a perverted kind of love. 
you don't have someone sitting in your pew in perversion and think it's okay. All right, well, I could go 10 more minutes on that subject. I will drop it. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are